0: Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Y'all, I cannot wait for you to hear from my next guest. She is the real deal. She's so honest, so funny, and a huge plus, she's a Texas girl. Y'all are going to hear a lot of y'alls today, so prepare yourself. I've already said it, what, three times? Shauna Buchler is the writer behind the blog Lunchbox Babies, which focuses on encouraging women walking through infertility and loss. So, of course, we had to have her on the podcast. Shauna has experienced infertility secondary infertility and i'm not sure what we call the third round but she's faced that too she's done iuis IVFs, had chemical losses dncs and even a stillbirth she's been pregnant 11 times nine of those ended in loss but even through all that listen to what she
1: has to say it has been such a blessing to be able to talk to women to do things like i'm doing right now with you and to share my story and to be kind of proof that I'm on the other side of this. My faith is intact and stronger than ever my sense of humor is still intact and I can like laugh at some of these insane stories that I have been through. And, and I'm healed, you know, I mean, grief comes in waves and while I'm not drowning anymore, you know, so it has become my why. And I truly feel that is why the Lord had me go through it as stinky as that is. And we're going to have a conversation about it when I get to heaven, but, (laughs) but I truly feel like, um, that's why. I'm sure y'all are all wondering
0: the same thing. How can she say that after everything she's been through? Don't worry. I ask her that same question. So without further delay, I am so excited to introduce you guys to my new friend, Shauna. Hey, Shauna. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm going to say my fellow Texan because we call yes. ourselves Texans now. <laughs> so
1: Texas. are you, did you grow up in Texas or? I did. Yes. Okay. I grew up here. I'm um, ventured out of state for about a year and a half when I was a small child but I have been back here ever since and never leaving.
0: Never leaving. I was about to say did you get flack for not like for leaving and then coming back?
1: Well no I was such a small child so I the memories are vague. It doesn't count right. I'm just I'm a a true and tri-Texan.
0: So well let's start from the beginning. Tell us about you, your family and how you got. You have two Miracle Boys, right? I do. My babies. One of them turned
1: twelve yesterday. How oh, they're that not happened.
0: Babies. Yep, they're no, not. Now
1: <laughs> they're twelve and eight. I don't even understand how my angel is twelve. But yes, yeah, so I am, my husband and I got married back in two thousand four. And um we have two boys. We started trying to get pregnant, gosh, around 18 months after we got married, we dated for several years before. So we started trying to get pregnant and just immediately knew, I think I just knew, you know, when you know that something's not going to be great. (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. kind of had that intuition going in. And you know, what's we, funny
0: is that that happens all the time. Isn't that crazy with people that I talk to? That is the story over and over and over again. It's like, we just knew just something, there's something
1: new. I just knew. Yeah. And you hear all the time. Oh, you have to try for about a year before you can go see a specialist. And at about the six month mark, I'm like, and I'm out. I just <laughs> went and just got myself my own specialist. And, um, we tried, for about a year and a half, um, and before we even got pregnant, we, you know, did the, the Clomid, you know, did steps, the Clomid, and you do the shots, and you do that horrible time sex, excuse me, that, you oh, know, you yeah, sometimes so have fun. to have that is so just, you're like, what am I doing? Um, and then we got pregnant with Harlan on our second IUI, and we had kind of a rough pregnancy from the get-go. We found out I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, number mm-hmm. 1 which makes it hard to eat, just ovulate, right? to get right. pregnant. And then we discovered when I was pregnant with Harlan that I also had a balanced translocation. Have you ever heard about that? I have not. Okay, so balanced translocation, it's actually incredibly decently common, although people don't test for it very often, which I think that that's something I need really? to start working on. But a balanced translocation, we both have we all have two sets of DNA. Mm-hmm. I have one totally normal set of DNA. On my other side, the top of the three chromosome is on the bottom of the nine, and the bottom of the nine is on the top of the three. So I have everything I need, right? It's just balanced, and it's translocation. So we went through all kinds of genetic counselors, and apparently, based on my issue, that 77% of the time when a, a baby starts growing inside of me, it ends in miscarriage because, Uh um, it becomes imbalanced. Right. And you found
0: this out when you were pregnant with Harlan? While
1: I was pregnant with Harlan. So he's totally fine. fine. I know. So he's totally fine, but they're like, you know, it could be difficult moving forward. I'm like, listen, people, the kid's healthy. Let's just talk about this later. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, So we, um, so I now have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I also now have a balanced translocation. Um, and then we had him five weeks early due to preeclampsia. So it was super fun, but let me Mm -hmm. tell you something. I got a healthy baby boy out of it who just turned 12 yesterday and I'm blessed. And so our family was great. And then we moved forward and, um, started trying about it when he was about a year and man, that's when the problem started. Uh, we were had you t-
0: like, Were you nervous even starting that process? You know, I or was knew it what like I was I getting a- into.
1: I felt like I had okay. knowledge, right? Like this time I knew. Like I wasn't going to start with COVID. Mm-hmm. We were going to go IUI. You know, that's what we were going to do. And I knew what my issues were and it was going to be fine, right? Because I'm praying the desire of my heart is to be a mother of a giant family. And here we go. Yeah, And, um, and it's worked before. And it's worked before. Amen. Yeah. So we just started having miscarriages and wait then we had another one and then we had another one and um, we decided in the midst of like such a horrible recession in um gosh 2008 oh. nine, yeah, yeah around there yeah. Two, it was 2009 we decided to spend just about all of our disposable income it was a really smart decision um <laughs> and do IVF but not only did we do IVF we did and all the biopsies and like where you basically can tell exactly if they're healthy, if they have any type of issues, basically so we can make sure every single embryo was a hundred percent healthy and well, they'd did not be able have to... any issues.
0: Were they gonna would they so they could look at that and tell if it was it had your translocation? Right, issue?
1: yes. Oh and okay. they could tell. So I had seventeen embryos, which was crazy. Congrats. Fifteen, wow. thank you. Fifteen survived to be biopsied. Wow. And which we were so ecstatic about. And we discovered that seven of them were normal, and mm. which was crazy, they were all girls. Isn't that weird? and they were all girls but the day we came in for the transfer because the biopsy was such a new type of medical practice only two had survived. Oh wow. Which was kind of heartbreaking. So we put yeah. both in and um saw their heartbeats, my husband Reed was calling him my girls, like his girls and um and we ended up losing them at 9 weeks. So they and both took. We they both took and we lost both <sighs> of them. Oh my god. Um, they think that one of them was already struggling due to the biopsy, and they think when my body started miscarrying that one, the it just triggered the other one, um, mm. is what they think. So I was nine weeks along. Um, let me just tell you, if you know, going all that money, all of that emotional expense, physically, goodness for all of us that have gone through infertility. And to then have all that wiped out and all that hope wiped out, it takes you to your knees. It takes you to your knees. Um, And it took a bit, but I tell you, I'm always one that can try to find the silver lining. And my sweet Jackson, who is now eight, we started infertility for him. We ended up getting pregnant with him the week the girls were supposed to be due. Oh, wow. And so to me, you know, it's such a, sign that if we had had our girls, as Reed called them, we never would have had my sweet Jackson. Mm -hmm. So he was our seventh pregnancy and he is a healthy, happy eight year old. Um, and the boys are right at three years, three months apart. And our family was
0: a lot to happen. It's a lot to happen. Three years. Yes. Because you said seven pregnancies.
1: Yes. So Jackson was my seventh pregnancy. So I had had So it was Harlan and then five pregnancies. One Mm -hmm. of those were the twin girls that I had Mm -hmm. had to have a DNC. And the rest were just, they were early. I never saw the heartbeat. Um, You -hmm. know, the the levels just didn't, HCG levels never really grew. And so, you know, it naturally miscarried. Um, Mm -hmm. And so our family was complete and we were like super, super happy. Yay. And then we just kind of decided when Jackson was about 18 months, like, let's give this one more try let's try this one more time, um, had one or two more chemical pregnancies. And then we just actually, we had two more chemical pregnancies and we then decided, okay, Lord, here we go. We're going to do this crazy IVF biopsy route again, and we are going to try it. And This is going to be our last thing. So Lord, whatever you want here, we're listening. So this is it. And we, this was in 2013 or 14, I believe this is actually the spring of 14. And we went all out and I had 10 embryos and not one of them was healthy enough to implant. Oh my so goodness. if that is not God closing the door, am I right? Um, yes. And I'm like, okay, actually, I'm sorry. This was 2015. And I'm like, okay, well, we're done. Um, Now, I say we're done. Now, I also was sitting in the carpool line hysterically crying for several days because closing that door when it's the desire of your heart is a very rough, rough way to go. I remember sitting yeah. on a friend's porch that summer, um, hysterically crying, saying, I, I see the door I need to walk through and close the door behind me, but I can't seem to pick up my feet and walk through it.
0: Ugh. So, pause there. Let's yeah. let's dive into this just a little bit. Sure. So, I've experienced infertility. I've experienced okay. secondary. Mm-hmm. This is basically for you, th- third. Yes. <laughs> However, we name this, it's sure. your third round. Yes. So, ex- like, what? Because I feel like I I get secondary infertility. Like that was that was had had its own unique pain mm-hmm. with yes. it that I didn't experience with the first. I'm not going to say it was harder by any means because at the end of the day. I've said it before. We had a miracle sitting in our house. Like it was, she was enough. Yes. But there was a different type of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel like the third compares to that?
1: Well, you know, that's such a great question. I, I feel like when you're just trying to grow your family, I mean, the second time when I was trying to have Jackson, I just wanted a sibling for Harlan. Right. I just wanted to grow my family. Now we were going to get to the point where we would start talking about adoption. If if that truly was the road we would go down, but I really wanted to be able to do this for him. And after that, I just really, I've always wanted a huge family. My husband's one of four. Mm -hmm. So we have a big wild family, which I love. And we, you know, I flourish on chaos. So I was just really (laughs) wanting it. And I think that God just had a different answer. And that was the hardest thing for me was I don't get it, right? Like, I don't understand why we can financially take care of them. We are raising them in the church, in your word. We are doing all of this. Why can't I have another baby? So Mm -hmm. it was a very different, it became less of a desperation to having a sibling or even just having a child. And it became more of a, I don't understand why this is not working.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and more of a frustration.
0: More of of a, more of a, like a issue between you and God, like, seriously, Seriously. seriously, yes.
1: Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and you hear, you know, it's, it was, it was hard, but I tell you so much prayer. The only way I walked through that door the summer of 2015 and closed it behind me was through prayer. And my very dearest friends can tell you that they saw how much. We struggled and saw how much um, pain, you know, of course my husband, because as men do, they grieve for half a second and then go back to work, right? (laughs) Where we're like, wait a minute, we've lost these babies. And I'm a true believer that when you've gone through infertility and you've lost a baby, either or just infertility, miscarriage, both, that you almost don't really know when you're done. I have friends that have never dealt with infertility who have never had a miscarriage that the moment they had their second baby, they're like, I'm done. I'm done. Forget this. I'm out. I got, I got what I came for. And I honestly, we have some family that were actually over on Sunday, little family barbecue and we've got a one-year-old little cousin and we had some type of diaper situation going on, and my husband jokingly said, "Oh, Shauna, doesn't that make you want to have another baby?" And I'm like, "That's not threatening. I'll do it tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gonna threaten me over here. So I just I think it's um, it's hard when to know when to walk away. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was hard to walk through that door, but um, we did, and um we moved on with our life. I, um, we were doing great. And then, you know, I'm not supposed to be able to get pregnant on my own. It's just cause I'm super jacked up as I already mentioned. Yeah.
0: And, and that's what I was going to say. But when you say you were done, like Walk through the door. You mean like y'all weren't doing treatments anymore?
1: We were just not doing treatments. Now I was not using birth control pills beca- because you can't get any, pregnant on because your... I can get pregnant on my own. Yeah. Like it just we've tried. Right. Trust me.
0: Does why not do work. why do crazy things to your hormones right. for no reason?
1: Yeah. And so you know, the husband and I were chatting about vasectomies, but he's like, "Wait a minute. Why does it? You know, guys are a little bit frightened, right? We can st- <laughs> we can stab our stomach with needles, but you know, God forbid, sweet boys, right? For so, sure. <laughs> so um, he was a little frightened, but we had kind of been talking about that, like you know, just. It would be nice to know for sure. And March of 2017, I got pregnant on my own. And let me tell you, I, I just knew, you know, when you know, I knew, I knew I was pregnant. I actually somehow floated through target. Like it's an out of body experience, but I managed to get a pack of pregnancy tests, uh, take it. And then I called my infertility doctor crying. Because I'm like, I don't know who else to call. And he's like, get yourself to my office did right take now. Did you pick it in Target? No, no, no. I managed to get home. I'm not sure how I did that. <laughs> okay. Thank God. I live five minutes from a Target, <laughs> thankfully. Otherwise, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went to go see him. And he's like, oh, Shauna, not only, after our blood work came back. He's like, not only are you pregnant, but you're like really pregnant. Like you are, the, your numbers are insane. Like you're really pregnant. Mm. And I told my husband that night And I bawled my eyes out while I told him because I was scared to death. Like, hadn't we just closed this door Lord, right? God, didn't I just like, I've already done this, been there, done that with you two summers ago. What is happening? And my husband laughed the whole way through it because he thought I was joking. Like, that's literally (laughs) how we told the baby. And we were both scared to death. um, But man, that pregnancy just kept on going and it kept on going and going and going. And, um, we had all the tests and she did not have my translocation. She was a hundred percent healthy. And I did, um, I had to do with both the boys and with Sophie, the, um, the, the CVS, you know, where they, it's not like the amniotic fluid one. It's the one that's not quite as major on that one. Um, Mm -hmm where they basically were able to tell exactly what her DNA was and she was a hundred percent healthy. And so everything was wonderful. Everything was going, we told the boys, um, you know, we gave them the the cupcakes that when they bit into them, you know, had the hot pink frosting. We did the golf balls in the backyard where you hit (laughs) them and they explode into pink. You know, we did the whole shebang. Everyone knew. Um, this was Shauna's miracle. Yeah, This was my miracle. This was my, Pentance, almost like from the Lord, like you have been faithful and I have taken you through this journey and look, look what you have now, the tiny bow on our little sweet family. And, um, we were going along and everything was great and was feeling her kick and so amazing. My kids were freaking out, excited and went to my 20 week appointment and we had lost her um we had lost her with I'd felt her kick the night before um and we had lost her sometime in the night while I was sleeping
0: oh my
1: gosh um let me tell you um that was the lowest of the lows of my entire life um not only did I have to grieve the loss of my daughter Um, but I also had two young children, they were Mm. nine and six at the time, uh, I'm sorry, five, nine and five at the time, um, that were grieving Mm. the loss of their sister, right? Like they are, um, they don't know what to do. Um, Yeah. And they
0: can't manage their emotions when mom's having a hard day.
1: Right. And so it it was a lot of me trying to suck it up for them. Right. (sighs) Um, and there were, lots of hardships and actually she was her due date was Harlan my oldest his birthday oh. so he felt like he had this connection with her already um, so it was strangely enough when the when your baby gets big enough and your pregnancy goes far enough you no longer have dnc's And you actually have to deliver your baby. And that is what I had to do to my Sophie Caroline. And I had C-sections with both Harlan and Jackson. So this was a new thing for me that I'm actually having to like vaginally have a child. And I remember, um, you know, they, if anyone out there that has ever gone through a late term miscarriage, they basically, you spend three days with them inserting stuff inside of your uterus. You go back and forth to your doctor. It is incredibly painful physically where it basically tries to start your body into contractions, into labor. And mm-hmm. on Friday morning, I June 16th, I went into the hospital and I, I could not, I will tell you this, I could not pray that week. I was so <laughs> angry with the Lord, so angry. But I tell you what, when I could not pray, other people were praying for me. It is Mm. the only way that I made it through that time. And it's crazy that throughout that week, the people he dropped in my life, a friend of mine I had made through the boys school called me the exact same thing had happened to her five years prior, like almost to the day um, that she, and we had the same doctor so she could walk me through what I was to expect. Um, there were the nurse when I came in and they were giving me the epidural. Um, She's sitting in front of me and she's holding my hands and I'm bawling. And I'm saying, God is punishing me and I don't know why. And she said to me the same exact thing had happened to her 10 years before. And she could be a witness to me. It was so strange, like the little angel droppings right that were yeah. put in to that week that I was mad at him I didn't want to speak to him like he had ruined my life right, right. but yet he was not like letting me out of his sight mm-hmm. so that was oh I'm sorry I'm emotional gosh it's been two years it's, um, yeah it but it's been two you. years
0: like right? I thought about that that's right it's been two years that is not that is not, very not
1: yes so I um just because it was a very cruel situation. Uh, You know, we checked in at seven o'clock on June 16th in the morning and they thought we would be done by, you know, mid-afternoon. Um, well, I did not have her until 2.25 in the morning on June 17th, 2017. Um, and what is crazy is that Harlan was November 7th, Jackson is January 27th. And then I got a 17th out of the deal. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so seven, seventeen, and 27, all my kiddos, yeah. but I had to deliver her. And the most beautiful thing about it was, is I got to hold her oh. and I thought I, I was angry that they couldn't just do a DNC and get it over with and be done with. Mm -hmm. And when it originally started and I delivered her and they immediately took her away from me. And I said, I want to see her. I want to hold her. And the doctor turned around and and she said, okay, well can Reed come over and tell me if he thinks you can handle it. Uh. And Reed went over and saw her and he, and he looked at me and he said, Oh gosh, goodness. I'm so sorry. He said, babe, it's up to you, but I think it's going to be really hard. And I said, well, I will know I'm her mother and it will be harder on me for the rest of my life. If I don't hold my baby girl. Wow. So they, they gave her to me, they wrapped her up and they gave her to me and I held her and I prayed over her while like everyone around me, my doctor, my nurse, my husband, everyone was crying. And we, I gave her back to the doctor and, um, to never see her again on earth. And we had her cremated and um, she, there was a beautiful memorial garden for the children that this happened to right next to our um, hospital. And to this day, like whenever I go, you know, have my annual appointment or something like that, I go and I sit in this little memorial garden because I know she's there. I mean, I know she's everywhere. Um, So that was, incredibly difficult it took me a really long time to get right with the lord yeah. um we went to church about a month that was... later and that was your next question
0: <laughs> no, That well yeah that was like it just seems cruel you were done like you had already closed the door
1: I had closed and I think that was Callie that was I tried to get to church about a month later and I felt like I was mad at my best friend I was mad. I they started doing the bapt that we go're Methodist, so they do you know infant baptism, and they started doing infant baptism, and I just put my head down with sobbing tears and I had to like remove myself from the church. and I didn't go back until Christmas. That Eve.
0: was a month after.
1: it was a month after, probably oh, like my oh, wife's yeah. choice. Oh. And I did not go back until Christmas Eve for the candlelight service um, because I was mad. Um, I was mad at the Lord. I was, I, and I know, I know there's a lot of people out there that, oh my gosh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, God is so good. God is good. Okay. Amen on that. But my Lord, it's, he was okay that I was angry. He was Mm -hmm. okay that I needed a minute, right? Everyone knew what I was going through. Everyone was praying for me and I needed a minute. Um, and we grieved and grieved, uh, found an amazing Christian therapist who, again, another gift from God, the same exact thing had happened to her 20 years ago. It's why she became a therapist to help women like herself and me. And like, hello, do you see? I know. I know. Hello, I'm here. Hello. (laughs) And, um, she was instrumental in helping me. And I finally told Reed, okay, you know what? Go get a vasectomy do it like we have to be done this is horrible the day Callie before he went in to get a vasectomy or to go through the like you know pers- here's what's going to happen when you get a vasectomy appointment Um, we found out we were pregnant for the 11th time mm-hmm. again I miraculously get pregnant on my own and this time I kind of joked around saying oh well this is God being like man that was rough what I put you through right here you go and I bet we basically put that pregnancy in our back pocket. Didn't tell anybody would pull it out when we'd go have our appointments, put it back in when we left, just trying to protect ourselves. Right. Um, and found out it was a little boy. He was a hundred percent healthy. And then we lost him <laughs> oh at God three God. months. And at that point, uh, we were, I was done. I'm like, you have to have a vasectomy. We had, um, we literally had the DNC the day before Reed's entire family flew in for the week of Thanksgiving. That was an awesome holiday that year. What was this 2018? This was 2017. Like I had two failed pregnancies. The same
0: year. Oh my gosh. The same year.
1: Talk about a hormonal jacked up mass. Uh, So we, he, we did the DNC for our little man that we lost on November 18th. Um, and then Reed got a vasectomy December 1st and Mm. we just knew, I said, if you don't get it, this is going to happen again. And I, after we lost our last one, I went and saw a minister at our church and bless her sweet soul. I sat there and used two boxes, entire boxes of Kleenexes and talked about how angry I was at the Lord. And I didn't know how I, all I wanted to do was to be able to go to Christmas Eve candlelight service. I mean, it's my favorite. That's all I wanted to do. How am I going to get back here without being hysterical? And she was so amazing. And she helped me back on the road. And somehow I decided as I walked through a very public battle in 2017 with everyone knowing our business, um, I decided I had to find my why. I wasn't going to let losing my Sophie be just one of those things, I was going to have to define it somehow. And I was going to have to find out why it happened. So I kind of set off on a mission and created my blog and it has become my why. And I am, while I've have moments where I'm like, I need my little girl with me and it's hard to relive at times it has been such a blessing to be able to talk to women, to do things like I'm doing right now with you and to share my story and to be kind of proof that I'm on the other side of this. My faith is intact and stronger than ever. My sense of humor (laughs) is still intact and I can like Mm -hmm. laugh at some of these insane stories that I have been through. And and I'm healed, you know, I mean, grief comes in waves. And while I'm not drowning anymore, you know, June 17th is going to always be hard, always. Mm. Um, so it has become my why. And I truly feel that is why the Lord had me go through it. As stinky as that is, and we're going to have a conversation about it when I get to heaven. But <laughs> but I truly feel like um, it's why. Okay, so I'm going to make you go back.
0: Okay, sure. What, because uh, I just, I'm just like everyone listening, they're like, this was not that long ago. And these were, this was significant trauma back to back to back on top of a yeah. lifetime of trauma. Yes. Um, how do you even trust God from this point forward?
1: I will say that originally I had a lot of fear there was a lot of fear after I lost Sophie. It was, and especially after I lost our, our last little boy, um, you know, if God could take something that sacred from me, when, you know, and, and forget me and my husband, it was horrible, but to a nine-year-old and five-year-old little boys, Mm -hmm. I mean, my nine-year-old that year, um, we were going to go see Santa And, you know, so several months had passed. We did not tell them we were pregnant with the last pregnancy. Thank God. I don't think they could have emotionally handled the loss. I barely could. I barely could have. Um, But we're about to go see Santa at the mall. And I'm like, okay, so what are you going to ask him for? And he goes, my sister. Like, I don't want anything else. All I want is my sister to be here. Mm -hmm. So it was, there was a lot of fear as to how God could have done what he did and caused so much grief to me, to my husband, to our little people. Um, like if he could do that, what else can he do? What, what am I going to lose next? When is the other shoe going to drop? And that, um, that really, really took a hold of me, um, for a while. And I will say, I still have moments, um, from time to time few and far between but i will have moments where i can feel that fear sneaking mm-hmm. back and i just have to be like that is totally of the devil and i have to kind of pray it away mm-hmm. um my favorite verse is that god did not give me a spirit to be afraid but a spirit of power love and self control and i that was a mantra of mine through all of my infertility years and i feel like it has a new meaning now <laughs> um just with what i've lost and um so, it that that's been hard. I would say. Did that answer your question? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, well, I think I, mean, I did. So
0: so how do you how, how are you how are you in God right now?
1: <laughs> we're good. We're You're good. good. <laughs> Honestly, we're good. Yes, we um, we're good. I have to say that it's amazing to see my relationship with the Lord and how far we have come man i mean i've i grew up my my grandfather was a deacon in the church my mom sang in the choir my dad was an usher like i grew mm-hmm. up in the southern baptist church like there was i didn't realize yeah, that people too. southern baptist right here oh, yeah. <laughs> I, grew I grew up, up same I'm way um and so i did not even know that there were people that weren't christians like until basically i think i went to college yeah and then i went to smu which is a methodist school which i'm like like my best friends to this day that I met freshman year are all Christians. So I've really just kind of always been in the faith and my children Mm -hmm. go to Christian private school. Um, it's just kind of how I've lived my life and the trials and tribulations that the Lord has put me through with this infertility and, and loss. Um, we, we had some hard times, me and God. Um, but I have to say that we're really good. I'm rely on him. I have no idea why he chooses to do what he does. Um, there's been lots of conversations with friends that think that, you know, Oh, well, you know, the devil did this to you. The enemy is the one that, you know, caused the miscarriage. Mm. And I'm like, yes, but the Lord could have stopped it at any point. And yeah. I feel the like Lord creates life. he creates life. Yes. And so I, that was, that to me has been, lo- discovering the Lord in a different way has kind mm-hmm. of been how my last two years have been. Well, um, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. How,
0: like, what would you say about your relationship with God? How is it right now compared to let's go back to in between getting married and having Harlan? What's the difference with your relationship oh, gosh. with the Lord? You
1: know, um, you know, I would, I would pray. I, I just kind of just assumed I had, a, I had a decent childhood, but I was pretty much on my own. I put myself through college. Like I, I am by no means a silver spoon girl. And so I've always just kind of made my own way. Right. And so it was, I just always just felt like if you pray and you work hard enough, everything right. works out. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I mean, oh, oh gosh. So I had to put myself through school. Okay. And I had to pay for my wedding. And okay, now I'm gonna have to work a little hard at having babies. Okay, well, it's just one of those things that I have to do. God's with me though. You're good. I'm praying. I'm praying about it. I'm cool. Whatever. And I think it's not until you get older and you start realizing that like things are hard. (laughs) Things are really hard. Things happen. Things happen that you really start seeing God in another way. Um, I mean, we talk more, um, it's not like I'm just on my knees saying some canned prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I go running every morning and I talk to God and like, I literally have a conversation with mm-hmm. him and, um, it's like a friend. Um, and I am thankful for that. I am, I am a religious girl. Um, that loves the Lord and has been through some really hard stuff. Now that does not mean that I can't be, um, I went to a writer's conference a couple of weeks ago where I really had to in depth share my story, um, a couple of times over the course of three days, like several times over the course of three days. And I have to tell you, man, it bummed me out. Like it put me in a really dark place, Mm -hmm. um, for a day or so, just, just having to do that. And, and I, I was mad again and I was scared again. And I, wish that I was holding my little girl who'd be two and a half at this point. Um, if she had lived from, you know, but almost, yeah, about two and a half. And um, so I have to say my relationship with the Lord is very deep, but it's very honest. And yeah. I don't hide things. Not like he would know I'm hiding stuff anyway. Correct. I mean, it's not like we're yeah. hiding. We can hide yeah. things from him. He gets it, but I don't even try. I don't even right. try. I'm real and raw and honest. And that has been the change.
0: Yeah. Well I, I think you kind of touched on it in your story, but I had a friend of mine ask to ask you this, and so I just want to make sure we cover it thoroughly for yeah. those of you them wondering. Um, but going back to Sophie and that that yeah. moment in the hospital when you asked to see her, you had experienced multiple losses at different different time time frames. You've had DNCs. I'm assuming some of them you just passed. We'll but get, was yeah. there a difference in your closure or your healing from that from that loss by holding her? versus not getting to see, you know, your, your other babies?
1: Um, in the moment it was, ju- it was as a mother, I I needed to hold my baby. Right. Um, it was just in an eight total. Like I have to, I, I need her now she's across the room, give her to me mm-hmm. and I needed to do it now doing it. Um, and then the weeks after playing that back in my head was a knife to the heart. Mm. Now I will tell you now two years removed, I would never have forgiven myself if I did not hold her that day. Okay. I would always think I failed her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I would, I am so thankful that I had that moment. And so what people don't tell you, this is insane. And I did not know this, but when babies are that late and you deliver, they take pictures of the baby. And then they ask you if they want the, you want the pictures, which when you're so high on grief and drugs, you're like, you, I mean, like, what are you going to say? Right? So we have in a closet, in an extra room in my house at the very top shelf, Someone gave a pink box to us when we were actually still pregnant and with all this monogrammed stuff that someone had so kindly monogrammed Sophie Caroline Buchler all over it for us and her little, um, initials. And we have in that box pictures of her and, you know, a a five month old, I mean, she looks like a, she's a baby. I mean, it's a baby. It is just a very, very tiny, tiny, tiny baby. and her footprints, her handprints, Mm -hmm. um, and her birth certificate and her death certificate. And I tell you what, we put that in the pink box at the top of this closet. And I have not looked at it since the day I came home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it's, I know it's there. I don't know if I'll ever look at it. Um, but I think the thing that I am will always remember is that I got to hold her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that to me has helped me. Okay. And for those of you out there though, that have had chemical miscarriages, chemical pregnancies, or have had DNCs. I mean, I've had three DNCs. Um, you know, you kind of wake up, you go into it pregnant, you wake up feeling empty, empty, and not pregnant. Um, it is, there's no good way. I mean, you know, if there's, there's, it's, it's not a great situation yeah. no matter what, but I do know that I have a literal football team in heaven mm-hmm. and that I will, Sophie is the head cheerleader and they will <laughs> all meet, meet me there one day and i think you have a lot of cheerleaders right i do well it's so funny i actually have always said i um you know i've always wanted a giant family and big family and i had a friend tell me one time she's like okay so you know our time here on earth is short right and we're going to spend an eternity in heaven and we're all going to be jealous of you in heaven because (laughs) you're going to have the biggest family up there like we're all going to (laughs) be like look at our 2.5 children and our dog and you're going to be having like a million kids around you. Yeah. you got the big house with the big table. I got the big house on the block in heaven. <laughs> Heck yeah, sister! <laughs>
0: For multiple reasons, because what <laughs> yeah, you've experienced exactly. on this earth, you deserve the big house. Oh, yeah, God. I just All talked to another still. girl. I just talked to another girl. We t- we we had the same conversation. Like it, you gotta. Re- we gotta remember our life is a blip here. So eternity, yes. you get to spend eternity with those kids, and it's we're all going to be jealous. (laughs) We're all going to be jealous. And I, it's all, it's going to be so cool to see you meet your kids for the first time to build up, watch that, that, that moment.
1: And what's crazy is that my boys, they only know about Sophie. They have no idea that mommy has been pregnant 11 times. I mean, one day I am going to rock their world. Let me tell you.
0: And not that, not that we have any idea if this is how it happens, but how cool would it be if, if, if their creator If Jesus himself was the one to say, hey, Shauna, I have to, I haven't introduced you to somebody, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of
1: somebody's Girl, I don't have tissues in here. You are going to (laughs) like make me lose it. Yes. That would be just a a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving
0: on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay, So this is our last podcast for 2019. It's going to be a few weeks before our next one drops next year. Oh my gosh, 2020 I can't I even believe that the, those words are coming out of my mouth, but what are some things that you would like to leave with us as we start a new year? Many of those listening are still in that, that yucky disappointing hard part of infertility right. or, or loss. So give us some words to end out 2019 and and start that new year.
1: Um, okay, great. I, um, well, I think One of the reasons I started Lunchbox Babies, my blog, was to reach out and, well, to heal myself, but to reach out and touch people that have walked the same road that I have walked with infertility and loss. I think that so many times as women, we go through this alone. It's incredibly lonely. It's a sorority that we never wanted to join at all. And somehow we're here. And I wanted to heal through humor and faith and just being together. And I think the one main thing, there's three, but one thing I want to say is that you are not alone. Mm. You are not alone. I know it feels like you're alone. If you are currently going through a miscarriage, if you are currently like driving to the doctor's office for yet another sonogram to see if it's time to trigger uh, for your IUI or UIVF, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, let others love you. Let your husband love you. He might not be doing the same thing you are physically, but he is right there walking that road in his heart. Um, I, I think that is the hardest part. Like I tried to take on all the emotion on so much of the journey by myself and just, you are not alone. Let others love you. Mm -hmm. Um, and the second thing is that you're going to be okay. Right now, it just like we just talked about that, like life, it's like a blip here on earth. Um, this is such a small part of the rest of your life. Now, it is a very big part. I get it. I've been there. Mine mm-hmm. was almost over a decade. But I am now on the other side of 11 pregnancies and two babies here with me and a football team in heaven. And I'm okay. You know, I'm, um, a thriving mom and a business owner and happy and go to church and I love the Lord and I can tell some good jokes and you're going to be okay. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean,
1: I've been on my knees screaming, literally screaming at the Lord on my knees in my bathroom, hysterical, asking why me? Um, and I mean, some of y'all probably are like nodding your head being like, um, that was me yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. So I get it, but you will be okay. And I think the third and most important is to pray and to pray and then like pray again after you get done. (laughs) Um, I have in my darkest times, like I said, when, with the whole Sophie situation, people were praying for me because I Mm -hmm. like, I literally didn't have the words or even just the strength Mm -hmm. to even pray. Um, but I knew, like I said, throughout that time, that there were super big signs that there were angels among us and that he was carrying me. Mm-hmm. He was carrying me because people were praying for me. And when I could pray for myself, I just prayed. Um and it's hard, trust me. I mean that like the prayer might be you hysterically on the bathroom floor again, like I just said. Clearly I've done that before because I keep referencing it. <laughs> I've done it several times throughout my journey. Lots of knees crying situations. Um but he he will get you through. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to see it in the moment, but he will and you'll be over here on the other side with me laughing and crying at the same time um and just using your stories to try to help inspire others to let them know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say.
0: Well, I know that this is pretty recent still no matter I mean gosh I feel like it could be 10 years down the road and anytime you have to step back into that grief is hard just like you had to do right. at that conference it's yes. it's painful so but thank you for being willing to step back in it for us and encourage us and
1: it's my why right I'm yeah. I'm it's, it's it's what I'm it's what I am um, it's what I've, I think I meant to do you um, have an awesome community with your podcast if anyone ever i always say needs someone a prayer warrior needs someone to talk to has walked a similar road and just wants another ear um i please pass on my information Mm -hmm. i would love 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 to be just that that for someone else who how people were that for me
0: there is so much to think about and to process after everything that Shauna shared and her three thoughts that she shared with us. I just wanted to go over those again as we end out this year together, end out 2019, going into 2020. She shared, number one, you are not alone. And I hope you know that after listening to this podcast, even if you don't know someone directly that is walking through this, there are millions of us all over the world facing this right there with you. So I just want to encourage you to keep sharing your stories with me, with each other, with their tribes around you because there is healing in sharing. And number two, she said, you're going to be okay. I love how she said that she was on the other side of her insane story, and she's still able to laugh, and she still loves Jesus. That is so powerful. There is grace where God leads us. Whatever he puts in front of us to face, he is going to give us the grace to face it with him by our side. And then number three, she said, pray, then pray, and then pray again after you get done praying. This one speaks for itself. God can handle your honest prayers. Pour it out to Him as often as you need, and then give Him time to respond to you through His Word. Friends, this is our last podcast, um, and I'm just going to say it again. I'm sorry if you get tired of hearing it, but I am so Grateful for each of you that listened to these conversations. This was uncharted territory for me to start a podcast. I had no clue if anyone other than my mom was going to listen, and God just blew my mind. I'm praying for each of you. I'm praying that this year brings the miracle that you are praying for. But, friends, if it doesn't, I am praying that God will continue to be enough for you as you lean further into his arms and that he would have miracles waiting for you in 2020 that you did not even know to ask for. I love you guys. Merry Christmas and a happy, happy new year. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Join Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.